Hello and welcome to Film School for Dad, the podcast where I attempt to catch my old man up on a lifetime squandered on serious pursuits and altruistic activities that somehow managed to overlook pretty much all of popular culture. It's cinematic edification across a generation. I'm Harvey. And I'm Harvey's father. <laughs> You've never said it that way before. Well, I thought I'd formalise it. Mm, okay. Well, what movie are we discussing today, Dad? Well, you've told me it's, I think it's pronounced The Matrix. That's correct. So let me tell you a little bit about this film, Dad, because I know you probably have never seen it and don't know much about it? I have no idea what it's about. All right. Well, we'll start with the description and we'll go from there. Um, the Matrix is a 1999 film. And, you know, during this podcast, we can party like it's 1999, if you like. Last century. Yeah, that's right. 20 years old. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. it still, still feels like yesterday when I saw it. It stars Keanu Reeves, probably a favorite of yours, right? I've heard of uh, Keanu Reeves. Okay, that's good. Mm. Carrie Ann Moss, who you probably don't remember, but you saw in Memento. Oh, okay. The lady, right. the lady from Memento. Okay. And Lawrence Fishburne, uh, who you'll probably know when you see him. Oh, he's got a very distinguished name. Yes, it's a, it's a good one, isn't it? Uh, it was directed by a couple of brothers called the Wachowskis, who were at the time relatively unknown film directors and are still quite obscure. They're not uh, referred to as the Wachowski brothers anymore like they were back then, because both of them have since become female. Okay. Sorry, my mind's racing to catch up with that. I thought this was a famous movie. This is a famous movie. Right. So, But, because but they are not as famous as their movie. Is that what you mean? They, they are very famous, but it's very easy to miss, they only make a movie maybe every five years. Right, so their body of work's still quite small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They made a few immediately after The Matrix. They made two sequels, mm -hmm. and they've made a number of other significant movies, but the more recent ones haven't been as successful. So um, they're a bit of a bit of a black name in Hollywood, perhaps at the moment. So given that they were fairly new directors, it was a bit of a surprise when the Matrix materialized, and it became this phenom phenomenon. I can never say the word phenomenon. I always screw it up. And then when I'm approaching it, I go, here it comes again. I'm going to screw mm. this up and I do it. Anyway, um, it became one of the most significant film events of all time. It not only broke box office records and blew people's minds with new camera techniques and special effects, but it ingrained itself in people's collective psyches. I mean this. This is not a, I'm not speaking in platitudes just for effect. And it's become the very symbol of conspiracy law and spiritual awakening, philosophical okay. awakening, maybe. Well, given that it's not ingrained in my psyche, even in uh, any respect whatsoever, my psyche is obviously sadly lacking. Well, if you haven't seen The Matrix, you're missing all of that somehow. So. Right. It's rated the 16th best film of all time on IMDb, and it won four Oscars, mainly for technical things like editing, sound, and mm -hmm. special effects. 
And after saying all of that, I don't think you'll like it that much. So oh. <laughs> I just don't think it's your cup of tea, but I feel like it's something you need to see. Right. Yeah. So do I think it'll be ingrained in your psyche by the end of it? You'll probably just go home and forget it and oh. wonder what all the fuss was about. Okay. Well, but we'll see. You never know. That's your prediction. We'll see. You never know what's going to resonate, right? So it's a science fiction film, primarily science fiction action sort of film, mm -hmm. right? Not your cup of tea. Do you know, do you like any science fiction films? Are you a Blade Runner fan? Have you ever seen Blade Runner? No, I've never seen Blade Runner. Um, See this, I would say The Matrix is this generation's you know, Blade Runner, kind of. H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds and those sort okay, of things well, would be about as far as my science fiction extends, I think. You know, there's a Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. Yeah, I have a close friend who's right into science fiction and gave me a few flying saucer books and things like that uh, okay. years ago, but I sort of uh, didn't take them all that seriously. Well, why would you then? Exactly. Flying saucer books. Exactly. <laughs> well, mm. this one isn't about, um, one it's was not about called, aliens. One was called The Flying Saucer Conspiracy. I can even remember the title of it. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, good on you for yeah. trying anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, science fiction, no, hasn't been my, my um, cup of tea, that's for sure. Other than War of the Worlds, which isn't that only a, a radio show? Was there a movie of that? No. That, well, you I, saw? well, it was a book. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a book, yeah, that's right. And, and I'm pretty sure it was made into a movie. Yeah. It was, a Tom Cruise one, but there yeah. wasn't one earlier than that. You I think there was. The no, there was an old one. Was there? I'm pretty sure there was, yeah. Okay, I'll have to look that up. But mm -hmm. um, So you've seen that. Are there any other sci-fi films that you've... Well, I've, I've read the book. I, I'm not even sure I've seen the, the movie. Okay. I, I haven't got any real recollection of it. Um, no, I was just really trying to say that any science fiction I have would be very old-fashioned. I certainly wouldn't right. have seen anything of a science fiction uh, genre in the last 20 years or so. So what would you say is, uh, I mean, you've clearly got some aversion to science fiction. Why do you think you wouldn't be interested? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I'm, I wouldn't call it an aversion to it. Um, I just, on, I've to. just find it's full of people whose eyes light up and all that sort of stuff. And um, doesn't happen in the Matrix, so there's one right, good, one good know, point. Um, yeah, no one's eyes light up. Things that trigger in me straight away a reaction: this is not real. I'm not huge about that. It's not because I'm someone who lacks imagination. Quite the opposite, but um, just never really um, interested me. Well, I can tell you that the Matrix has a premise where the things that happen that aren't realistic are very well explained. Yeah. So, and could happen in, in real life. Mm -hmm. Could actually be, in a sense, a true story. It's very imaginative, but um, there's nothing that happens that's magical. Right. And a good sci-fi there shouldn't be. I saw Interstellar. Would that be described yes, as science absolutely. fiction? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, I saw that with you. Yeah, that's right. No, that's, um, that's definitely sci-fi. Yeah. It didn't quite yeah. grab you as much as it grabs me, though, that movie, did it? Oh, no, but I've got a pretty good, reasonable memory of it, so it, mm. it, made, some it made some impact, but um, it's not the sort of movie I would have chosen to go and, go and watch uh, other than your strong suggestion that I should see it. But the topical nature of the whole climate change debate and issue, uh, I think, would have made me interested. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they didn't really sell it on that, though. 
No, they didn't, but that's yeah. what probably made me take it reasonably seriously. Yeah, right. Because that is clearly a serious issue. Well, The Matrix does not only have things that happen that are, can't happen in reality. The Matrix is about reality. Right. And that's why I think it resonated with people who feel a little uncontent, malcontent, or whatever the word uh, word is for that, in, in their real lives. Uh, this movie resonates with people who feel like they're a little maybe out of place. Outsiders? or No, well, that, but also maybe destined for something better. Mm-hmm. It's um, well, I don't want to spoil it. You know, I don't want to. I don't want. Well, they've been writing books detail. and making movies about outsiders as long as uh, I've been alive and far longer. Albert Camus, I think, wrote The Outsider originally, which I studied at school sixty years ago. So. Right, right. In a way, it is. Yeah, mm. yeah. Some uh, main character is a bit of a loner mm. and uh, a bit of a nerd mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. They tend to bob up in all the movies you suggest to me. Maybe that's uh, what I like. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> it's not like I'm a nerd. I'm the coolest guy in the in the world. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's true to an extent. It also, um, the Matrix is also uh, very heavily steeped in philosophy, and I'll be very interested to see if if that rubs off on you in any way, or if you just feel that it's you know, sort of All superficial right. references, dropping philosophers' names right. randomly or whatever. But just know there is a lot of very deep analysis into the movie. There's, okay. there's you know, several hour long, you know, YouTube videos and things, people discussing this movie. People read a lot into it. Okay. So don't be afraid to, uh, you know. No, well, I studied deeply. philosophy 1A at university. Uh, Should come in handy. Uh, 50 uh, plus years ago. Mm. And, um, I don't believe I've dabbled in philosophy since. Right, okay. That was largely Plato, so... Um, well, Plato is essentially source material for The Matrix. Okay, well, so, there'll be a little bit of a um, flickering of light there. I spent a whole year reading Plato, so... Well, I won't... I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to get your <coughs> take on it as soon as we come off the other side of this mm-hmm. in two hours and 16 minutes after we watch the movie. So do you think you're ready for The Matrix? I'm I'm quite intrigued, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty intrigued as well. I almost talked myself into thinking that you might like it now. But anyway, now I'll stick with my original prediction. You're going to shrug okay. and just go, what was that? Let's watch it then. All right, let's go. All right, well, we just watched The Matrix. Um, mm. Or I should say, I just watched The Matrix with my dad, which is something that could never have happened without the magic of podcasting. So I'll just uh, get your first thoughts. Well, I'm thoroughly exhausted. Okay. Um, as soon as uh, the film opened with a uh, chase scene at the start, I thought we're in trouble here. It usually comes at the end. My overall impression, it was a bit like watching a James Bond movie without the clever lines. Yeah, okay. I I will uh, definitely concede that the script probably could have been better in The Matrix. I actually only this time around was so aware of how bad some of the lines are. Well, I found myself delivering um, improved lines throughout yeah, the movie. Exactly. As you realise. Um, you want to rewrite it. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, the missed opportunity to say Morpheus is amorphous was uh, <laughs> striking and yeah. the, fa- the failure to use the word morph at all 
Yeah. Uh, so obvious missed opportunities. Uh, James Bond um, would have done it beautifully. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In the sequel, there's a character called the Merovingian, and they call him Merv at one point. So really? it's almost like they heard your notes from the future and put it yeah, into the sequel. Yeah, well, it is really because I nailed him as Morph from early on. Yeah, that's right. I have to say um, about him, um, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne yep. he is magnificent. Yeah, he's got yeah, presence. Absolutely. He's yeah. all presence. You can just imagine yeah. him doing Shakespeare or something. So um, watching him um, was um, fascinating. Mm. Um, as fascinating as it was disconcerting uh, watching Hugo Weaving play that role when um, I remember him so well from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Bit different. A uh, bit different, you can say that again, mm. but uh, uh, I don't know if it was that, uh, but um, I didn't find him convincing. Is that right? Yeah. That role became so iconic. Yeah. Yeah, but I crazy iconic. It, it probably is my pre, uh, my exposure to him in one particular role. Not that I mean I've seen him live on stage as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Have you seen the interview? Uh, that, I don't think so. That it's just a it's a really simple film where he's getting interviewed by uh, a cop, and the cop is yeah. Tony Martin, I think, from Myra. From I, I saw know, him Phoenix live on right? stage. I'm pretty sure he played um, in Death of a Salesman. It's the possible. He, the Henry Miller play uh, on stage, and he played the main role. I'm pretty sure I saw him do that. Okay. But, but, and he was thoroughly convincing. Yeah. Uh, He's he, more uh, a theatrical actor in, at in this the, point, right? Yeah. But, but anyway, for whatever reason, um, I was um, just the way he talked from early on, just failed to um, failed to grab me I, I realized later on he was meant to be talking in that slightly yeah still he was having it up mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I must say uh having watched or rewatched some of this the sequels so there's two other movies that came a few years after this yeah and um he is he he just nails it he's way more convincing in those yeah than he was in this but because this was the first time i've seen this character this Smith character. I, I loved him from the start. I thought he was fantastic. And his accent's not convincing and there's all sorts of things wrong with what he does. But there's something about his, again, it's just the presence that he brings mm-hmm. to it yeah. and the commitment of taking his time with the speech and, and really believing and committing to the dumb yeah, things yeah. that he's saying. I'm sure it's a good performance from that perspective, but I'm just saying that unfortunately I was... Um, handicapped in the way I looked at him because just early on I sort of decided um, this is he's a bit strange you know? mm. so mm. anyway he he, he um, I quickly got the idea that that, that wasn't the blues brothers it was uh, yeah. the machine men that's uh, right and, uh, <laughs> the machine men yeah yeah, yeah. but look um, they describe it as sci-fi slash action it is 90 percent action by the time you finish the movie. Uh, the sci-fi uh, concepts I was finding reasonably intriguing up to a third of the way through the movie, but I thought it just um, it just became what's the next stunt we can do, really. Yeah, um, it does. It reminded me of the um, 
blind Alaskan shooting team at the Olympics. You know, right. As as we watched um, thousands of bullets expended in the uh, yeah. in the attempt to get just one hit somewhere sometime. That's right, yeah. And uh, I don't know why they bothered carrying the guns because they clearly um, were never going to hit anything. That was massively distracting to me that they were the worst marksmen in the history of, of of movies, I would have to suggest. Yeah, they can fly through the air. They can uh, yeah. morph into oh, other yeah. people. They can do whatever they want except, except hit straight. Except hit a target in a narrow corridor at 20 metres. They can't hit a target exactly. with a machine gun, for God's You're sake. right. It really yeah. doesn't make any sense. No. To, I mean, yeah. the humans being inaccurate is probably okay. The machines... Yeah. We kind of know robots should be able to shoot. You'd you'd have to hit something blindfold. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it beggared belief that you could miss so regularly. It's good to um, know that you cared enough about the premise to mm-hmm. care that the that the idea of robots. Not well, being I was able counting the bullets straight. at one stage, but when I passed a hundred thousand, I, <laughs> I I stopped counting. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Really? Oh, I went to 250000 yeah. but yeah. So, very expensive uh, movie to make if they were real bullets, but uh, oh, gee, I've never seen them used so ineffectively. Yeah, true. Yeah. Mm. So, that was, I found that a distraction. I, I don't know why there had to be so much shooting. And it actually, yeah. to be honest, I don't know why there had to be so much action. It's like when you get a, a politician that constantly lies, eventually everything he says, the expectation lowers. And, yeah, and so that was just action after action after action, which just pre- reduced the impact of it by the end to me. I think so. there were some clever things in the action yeah, sure. just before like the main climax, yeah. which was, uh, I think it's really clever that, you know, the bit where the helicopter's going down and he grabs the cable, he wouldn't have done any of that if it wasn't for the belief that he could do something, right? So the way they constructed oh, the action around belief being his superpower as opposed to super strength I, I, or something else. I got that, but the crossover point was ridiculously yeah. high bar, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it was, but you uh, laughed when she shot the thing and you realised he only had to support her weight and not the whole thing. I, I laughed a lot of times in that movie. It's, it's clever yeah, yeah, in the sense yeah, that it, and, if you're going to construct something that proves that faith is the strength, yeah. then that's a pretty clever way to do it. I, I However, it I suspect the makers of the movie would be disappointed that I had spent so much time laughing at it. And counting bullets. And counting bullets. However, it's supposed structures. to be a fun movie. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be funny in parts. Right. I think you laughed at some parts that weren't supposed to be funny, but for the most part, I think it Did is I? supposed to be. Oh, I apologise for that. <laughs> I don't think you need to apologise. <laughs> Laughter is entertainment either way, right? <laughs> that's right. Because <laughs> people who watch uh, really bad movies just to laugh yeah, at them, no, no, and that's I, still entertaining. I, I was most definitely watching it and being entertained at that level, uh, although the non-stop nature of the action in the last half an hour wore me right down to yeah. the point where I want this to be over. Yeah, no, I, I get that fatigue too when I watch yeah. too much action. The Matrix yeah. was okay for me when I first saw it though. Yeah. I could I could tolerate it because it was, at the time at least, it was very innovative action, you know, the uh, the bullet time slow-mo oh, stuff. Oh, sure. And, yeah. You know, no one had seen anything like it at the time really. Oh, no, I can understand the technical um, challenge of um, a lot of it and mm. – uh, you know, all those kung fu experts and all the rest of it that's required um, to do that. But, mm. uh, um, you know, that, that had a bit of everything really, didn't it? it yeah. Sort of Bruce yeah. Lee times James Bond times um, yeah. 
a war almost it was almost um, you know war yeah uh, war of the machines there or even a little bit of uh, I think I mentioned war of the worlds earlier it had a bit of, even had a bit of that quality to it a modern war of the worlds you know in the finish in, in the sense of if if the aliens had invaded and they'd been robots in, or machines instead of mm. aliens machines, and destroyed yeah. the world yeah sure I mean that's yeah. kind of how did war of the worlds end it was a virus right they give the aliens a virus or something uh, I can't remember to be honest but yeah. certainly an invasion of machines yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, it's um, yeah. So it had a lot of those elements, and uh, uh, at times I thought it was all going to um, neatly make sense, and then it just went off in some other direction. Mm. Uh, that's the way it seemed to me. Yeah, yeah. It doubled down on the action, maybe yeah. maybe to the detriment of the core ideas. But then when you see the sequels where they try to explore the core ideas. Yeah. More, yeah, but the first kind of wish they hadn't. <laughs> the first one's got to get you coming back for the sequels. Well, they didn't know it? they were going to make sequels when they made this, though. No, they, they, they yeah. had no idea actually that it was going to be successful. Yeah. People apparently they were passing the script around Hollywood, right? And people were reading it and going, "Dudes, this doesn't make any sense. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. Just, just you know, give up. You, you're uh, not going to make it in Hollywood, you know." And then yeah. Joel Silver, the you know the producer who ended up doing it read it and went, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it, but you guys seem really passionate. We'll give you a go, you know. Right, like, right. We'll give you a budget and we'll see. Yeah. Um, but you have to make another movie first to prove yourself. We, we're not going to let you just – we're not going to give you $200 million, okay? Right. So um, make another movie, a normal movie, mm. and if you prove yourself, you'll do that. And they made a movie called Bound, which is basically a, um, a heist movie. Right. Um, Which has disappeared without trace, I assume. No, very well respected. Movie. Is it? Okay. In fact, you would like it. It's a classy thriller. Okay. It's a little bit sexy. You might get a little uncomfortable at times, but it's uh, it's an amazing, amazing oh, movie. Right. You can see exactly why they gave them the budget after that. Um, and hey, to their credit, The Matrix mm. has become this iconic thing. Well, I assume they paid with it. Uh, paid for it with all the uh, sponsorship from all those Sydney uh, <laughs> insurance companies that have their logos. You know those buildings are really there, right? They <laughs> yeah, can't remove yeah. them. They actually removed a lot of logos and stuff. Well, you Norwich and uh, all the rest yeah, of they them got, in uh, got a good run. They probably just said, are you going to pay or are we going to digitally remove your logo? <laughs> but a lot of the uh, city was covered in scaffolding and stuff. If you notice when they're mm. walking around, that was to sort of hide all the shops and things uh, that they have in the right. city. So um, they wanted to make it look generic. They didn't want to make it yeah. Sydney. And the bit I didn't get and still don't get, which I found very distracting, is why we were t talking about 1999 or thereabouts, the end mm. of um, the 20th century, and all the imagery was mid-20th century, the, the decor in the kitchen, the um, TV set, was very early technology. I didn't understand. Well, I mean, the Matrix was. Not to mention the fact that the whole thing seemed to be filmed in a submarine early on. And, and Well, that was, a, and, that was like a spaceship from 20. Yeah, I know, but it was yeah. a clunky one, wasn't it? And Yeah. Yeah. Because the world had been destroyed. They cobbled together all the parts yeah, for the yeah. machines, but it was advanced technology that had been. So what was, I think the, that's the, idea what anyway. was the explanation for why they were talking about the late 20th century? when um, the imagery was clearly from much earlier in the 20th century. Well, it's not a real world, is it? It's, it was a facsimile of that, that period of time.
recreated in a computer by a, machines. Compressing, I see. Compressing. So it could be. It could have been anything, really. They grabbed a bit from everywhere. So yeah, of. yeah, that kind of thing. Maybe they liked the old telephones. Or well, something, I was going to say that all the phones were ancient. Mm. Well, in in the sequel, you get to meet the architect of the Matrix, but he never really explains why the telephones are so old. Right. right. I would say it's most likely just the Wachowski brothers, when they went to make the movie, went, we really like the aesthetics of old telephones. And the reason I say that is because in Bound, they also use old telephones for some reason. Right. Yeah. So I... I mean, they had a couple of mobile phones in that, but they were sort of clunky versions of the old Motorola type. Yeah, uh, zip oh, I think they're they're time they're, they're time appropriate, aren't they? Nineteen ninety nine, you would have been able to get those flip phones and. I would say they stuff. were. That's when Motorola so. was very um, much the go. Yeah, those uh, ones just slid open. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, and I they would were say, quite big too. You know, they were. Quite, yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah. funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those um, the, they were actually the Nokia phones, not the Motorola. You're thinking of the Motorola Razor, which interestingly, no, I'm not. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, the flip one, right? The one oh, that the flip open one. Like that. Right. that. They've just re-released that phone. Yeah, well, it's I actually, a smartphone. Have I you actually seen that? saw that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I actually saw that. So yeah. there's the, this whole nostalgia thing around that type of phone, the flip phone. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say probably quite a lot because the Matrix made it cool to have a phone like that. <laughs> you think? Yeah. No, no, no. I know it sounds yeah. ridiculous watching it now. Right. But the impact that film had at the time, everybody saw it. Everybody loved it. It was, it was something we'd never seen before, right. and and it and it resonated with people. It was amazing how much it resonated with people. So people have a um, bottomless pit of desire and curiosity for nonstop action. Do they? Is that- it would appear so, but if it's unmotivated or if it's use, if it's involving characters you don't care about, it doesn't work. So those fundamentals still have to exist. You need to care about the characters. Well, we first. waited a long time for the one and only kiss in that movie. Yeah, and, um, I wasn't I mean, waiting for it. It was always coming, but I I've mean, I've always gone a little bit like, oh no, no, it was, always, it was always going to happen. You could tell from early on, but it, geez, it took a long time. Um, I don't think that alone justified all that. Um, I'd call it mindless action. Really, like it was, it was overkill. Oh well, I mean, you could you could have just hmm. had them take the most direct path to getting whatever the next objective is. Like I suppose. shoot straight in the first place. Yeah. yeah, like shooting straight. I mean, he could have died in the first five minutes. I suppose. That yeah, would have, yeah. It would have been less of a movie, though. I think yeah. <laughs> less room to explore the themes. So you said uh, that you studied Plato. So do you see any parallels with Plato's? Well, well the machine men have some parallels with the removal of emotion from um, the platonic um, okay so there's like theory stoicness type of yes thing yeah yeah, well, the the intellectual world, correct movement the, that he started the mind over over emotion um, yeah they weren't wild personalities were they so um, yeah I could see that but I'm not Sure, philosophically, uh, what we're talking about, because um, the idea of artificial intelligence virtually superseding the human race—it's more about the is, illusion side of things than the yeah, but than the, the 
machines part. There's no illusion in Plato. I'm not sure what the no. There is. There's. Um, did you ever learn about the uh, the allegory of the cave? Well, I would have. I mean, you've got to remember. I think I'm, you. Yeah. I'm talking about what I studied at university over 50 years ago. So I only know it because of the Matrix. Yeah, so but, you know, it's not something yeah. I've learned. So I don't know how prominent it was in his writings or teachings. But the allegory of the cave was about. Um, there was a diagram that he created that showed some right. people in a cave. And the light coming in another platform that they can't see, yeah. And some people making shadows on the wall, and he was making the point that the shadows would be reality to the people seeing them, and they would never know that there were the puppet yeah. masters up there. No, well, casting them. Plato was more about the corporate state and and um, removing individuality and. Sure. Well, there's that in there too, though, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess uh, at a stretch I can. But Well, his job was pretty dehumanizing or presented as dehumanizing, right? His life in the cubicle and all that stuff. You don't see it for long, but it's there. Oh, at the start? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and his boss talking to him and telling him he needs to conform and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's kind at, of there. Okay, yeah. I mean, after all that action and everything, I'd almost forgotten. That, yeah, um, but that's the sort of thing I think yeah. that people connect with because yeah, no, I can see a parallel there. Yeah, yeah. So the I think the but thing, it's also a parallel to many other philosophies and and no, thoughts. but specifically not, the allegory of the cave yeah. is it was well the the Wachowski say it's an inspiration yeah, for the story. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know um, oh, the I'll, idea that I'll you can happy to take their word for it. The idea that. Yeah. People just accept the reality with which they're presented. Which, which yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. People adapt to their environment, effectively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But mm. even if it's completely false, they still mm. adapt to it. Yeah. And you give them any illusion, and they'll find a way to believe in it. Yeah. 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 Which, so, which you know, as I said in the intro, that's become for people who believe there are powerful people manipulating all of us, you know, regular people um, and and creating those types of you illusions. You mean us ordinary people? Is that what you yeah, mean? whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Broke that's, people. That's what politicians call us, ordinary people. Yeah, that's mm. right. Or, or serfs, if you will. <laughs> or um, golem, yeah. I believe, is yeah. a term. Um, but, yeah, whatever, you know, that differentiator is, um, for the conspiracy community, you know, the sort of culture mm. that, that's built around that. The Matrix is a symbol of that. It's, um, I don't think, well, actually, there are people who believe that we are, are actually living in a Matrix as well. You know, Elon Musk? A framework created by others to trap us. Yes. Is that what you mean by a Matrix? An, an illusory yeah. well, framework where we could. That's what I took from it that it meant. But, um... well, I mean, it's in the movie, it's, it's literal. I think it's clear that it's supposed to be allegorical. Well, I think it is. I mean, I don't think the movie's trying to say our actual reality right now in 2019 is actually an illusion that we. You can don't think the movie's trying to point out the potential for AI to to um, subsume human life? Oh, it's definitely doing that. Yeah, all sci-fi does that pretty much. Well, like that's in, right. Any sci-fi that has AI. So. Um, so what part of that's illusory? I mean, that's that's real in that movie. 
Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you're supposed to read it as that. I think you're supposed to read it more as there is a, a reality that we live in that we can wake up from, not we're going to wake up in the machine mm. world and, and there's going to be a war, yeah. but that that because we believe any reality that we're presented with, that there can be an awakening outside of mm. that, a spiritual and, and philosophical awakening, okay. awakening, but not necessarily waking up out of virtual reality. Well, there you, you could take that uh, meaning on it. Um, equally, you could take the meaning that you can't shoot a person who's dreaming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> when you're asleep, your accuracy <laughs> sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the idea of the, the red pill versus the blue pill and all yeah, of that stuff, yeah. that's become symbolic of uh, people who refuse to accept the conspiracy reality versus... You know, there's this whole thing. You I'll know. tell you what, there wouldn't be many people make that decision as fast as Keno Reeves. No, he's straight in there. Oh, he's straight in there. He made that in seconds. Absolutely, yeah. It's, but th that was his whole thing, right? He never he followed the white rabbit. He did all the things. He did what he was told the whole way. He just wanted the truth. Oh, that was that, his path to is truth. That, is that the path to truth? Is it just do what people tell you? Oh. No, is it's it, probably the path to war or something else, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, it's the path to wherever anyone wants to manipulate you to. So, yeah, uh, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because I suppose if he followed the wrong people, he would have ended up in the wrong place. Equally, and, and yeah. You could start the movie, movie again and it's just a matter of who offered him the pills first. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. He seemed to know about Morpheus from the start and Trinity and yeah. whatever, so maybe he had a reason to trust them that's yeah. outside of the movie. But Anyway, Morpheus, um, his individual... Um, performance was outstanding that, that was um, a highlight for me mm. i thought he was a um, um, marvelous uh, character mm. um, very much in the mold of the dr evil type of character mm. but in this case he was a force for good but, mm. Mm. I, I think of uh, agent smith in the same way i think he's an okay. iconic villain yeah yeah, yeah. And, and Dr. Evil's a very Actually, good I, comparison. One of the many times I laughed was when they said his name was Agent Smith. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> That's right. I think the other agents, their name, names yeah. are like Andrews and, you know, like Jones and things like Given that Given that's well. your mother's maiden name and all, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gave it an extra. Uh, Isn't it funny though? Remember when we were watching it and you said they all wear exactly the same tie strap or whatever that thing is. <laughs> yeah, the tie pin. And they, yeah, they paid it yeah. off about an hour later when yeah. he goes, you all look the same to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's great. I virtually wrote that line for yeah, him you about did. half an hour earlier. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I suppose, you know, you need to give it some kind of a, a, a rating. I mean, it sounds like you didn't have a bad time, which is good. No, no, it wasn't. Um, it was... Um, an entertaining uh, two hours, but I provided a lot of my own entertainment by yeah, producing the lines that I felt a clever script could have yeah, yeah. produced and I couldn't resist doing that out loud. It would have been uh, horrific if I'd been watching it in a movie theatre, of course. It's a bit cringy yeah. uh, at times, yeah, and yeah. if you'd been saying other lines out loud, yeah. people would have probably, yeah, yeah. punched so you in the face. I, will, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'm too well-mannered to do that but um, it wouldn't have stopped me thinking and certainly wouldn't have stopped. I mean, I could not have resisted laughing a number of times when perhaps other people may not have uh, felt like laughing. Mm. Um, in, in all the circumstances, despite having been entertained by it, 
it's very hard to give it a good score when the bottom line is it hasn't really convinced me about much and that I felt that it just completely lost sight of the main messages that were actually developing in the first half hour or so of the, of the movie and, mm. and I just felt left hanging there while I just battled it out. You know, in the in, yeah, in the uh, end, that actually is what happens. And, yeah, and actually, yeah. the um fact that she loves him being the thing that saves him in yeah. the end doesn't really philosophically align with well, the themes actually, of the movie that much. A cinematic cliche, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and it's <laughs> almost like they just couldn't yeah. think of a way to finish it off. I saw her look at him in the first five minutes, and yeah. I, I knew that moment was coming at some point. I didn't know it was going to have to go through two hours to get to it but i mm. knew it would come at some point yeah. yeah but i guess that's that's they've created that expectation i'm not not critical of that so look um action is a genre of movie that i've always found pointless sci-fi is one that i've hardly watched any of i found the sci-fi concepts interesting and mm-hmm. possibly had it continued down that track with less of the chasing people around and uh, firing thousands of bullets, um, it might have done more for me. I'd probably, look, five out of ten. Five for The Matrix. I nearly failed it. Yeah. Well, you're giving it five for the bits that weren't action, basically, right? I'm, I'm allowing for the fact that it it was not my genre at all. Mm. And I'm giving it a bit of a break for that, but I'm giving it virtually all those marks for having entertained me. I, you know, I mean, it's got like a well, I'm not eight point seven on IMDb. I'm not sitting here to be fair. No, no, no. You're giving your opinion, so I'm sitting it's, here. It's interesting though to because... have a predictably different opinion to people who watch a lot of movies because yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, I think that, in fact, that's a comment I would make. I think that. Movie is living proof why I don't watch many movies. Yeah, yeah because I yeah. think if you had watched a lot of action films, hmm. you would realize how much that stands above other action films. Yeah. The, and there's, there's only a few that do it. There's a few uh, action films, you know, that are in that genre. Usually they mix with sci-fi, but not always, where they just rise so far above the average action film. Like right. you mentioned James Bond. The recent James Bond films are action films. Yeah, well, I have, wouldn't have seen the recent ones. No, no, you would yeah. have seen like Connery and, and, and uh, um, Roger, Roger Moore. Moore. Yeah, yeah, and and they're walking around being suave yeah. and being ladies' men and all yeah. that. No, they're not like that anymore. They're very right. visceral sort of mm-hmm. action. Yeah, a lot of blood and 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 fighting and as in the James Bond um, books. Um, yeah, well, yeah. maybe that's the case. The clever is. lines make James Bond. Um, hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, they kept some of those, but there was a couple of attempted ones in that that, that I'd actually delivered them before they were delivered. So they, they were just delivering the, the predictable. Yeah. Know, yeah. And they all look the same with being a classic uh, example of that. Well, I mentioned to you at the time, yeah. and I do want to talk about it the, um, the speech of uh, Agent Smith to Morpheus when he's trying to break him into giving him the codes, yeah. talking about humans as a virus. Ah, yes. Yep. Yep. And, I would contend that that scene in that movie has made that idea become the germ of a bigger idea 
about humans' impact. Well, on it the may planet. well be. I'm I'm not going to argue with that. Um, you ask around a lot of young people yeah. what they think about the human race, us as a species. You know, just yeah. ask leading questions. They'll probably say things like what Agent Smith says, and to me. It's a travesty. Like, If that's the case, it was a great speech. It made philosophical sense in the context of that. Yeah, from a machine talking to movie. a human or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Virus is not the word I would use, but no. I mean, um, I did make a comment at some point about the fact that uh, Dick Smith, who's running the campaign against population growth, mm. would have been comfortable in the in the role of Agent Smith, Dick Smith, Agent Smith. I, I see a relation, personally. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you got it when I said it. but um, I don't know much about Dick Smith. Well, he's running full-page advertisements in the media at the moment, asking the Australian government to s slow or stop population growth. And, this is what I'm talking about, yeah. about that mm. getting into the psyche. Now, yeah. we know there was eugenics and stuff back in the day, yeah. and that was all about yeah. controlling the population and letting the uh, the stronger bred people survive, and you know I still believe to an extent there are powerful people who have the same ideas, and I just feel like I see that in movies so often. Those ideas will be around as long as the human race is. Yeah, well, fuck those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. As, and and this is my pet peeve. This is mm. this is in in essence the one of the core messages of my life's work, whatever you may yeah. call my life's work on YouTube and, and everything that I do is this yeah. idea that how dumb do you have to be to believe that your own species is a virus? Well, like, I was about to say, what is the point um, of living if you yeah. actually regard yourself as a virus? Or as, yeah. I'm definitely not a virus because um, most attempts I make to infect anyone in any way at all are complete failures. So I'm... <laughs> I am definitely not a virus. I, well, I've 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 uh, worked in the game of trying to influence people to do things they don't want to do and mm. to uh, make decisions they don't want to make uh, for a long time, and um, I have some success, but I certainly am not a, a, as successful as a virus. No, yeah, viruses mm. are pretty good. Anyway, oh. back to Agent Smith's speech. It yep. was a great speech in the context of that movie. I'm not mm. sure I would read uh, too much more into it. I do. Well, Only go, because I hear it in, go, in every go, other movie. Go for your life. But, yeah. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not wanting to control what people think, but um, it, it's uh, not uh, something I would take seriously out of the context of that movie. Here's, here's how I think of things, right? This is how conspiratorial you're talking. Is. You're talking about guys that cannot hit the broadside of a barn door with a machine gun. Yeah, yeah. I know. I realise yeah. that. But what I think is, you know, they were having trouble getting the script sold. And I think, you know, people were reading the script and going, this right. is nonsense. I don't understand it. What's going on? And blah, blah, blah. That's meant and to crystallise it all, isn't it? No, I think they read that speech and they go, Oh, I like that bit about the humans being a virus, though. <laughs> yeah. Let's give these boys some money. We'll get that message out there, yeah. you know. Like I think that's how how these types of things yeah. get decided. They go, oh, is it good for us? Is it bad for us? Does it, you know, does it say what we want it I to say? I bet you the same people wouldn't describe rabbits as a virus, but they are kind of more than we are. I think <laughs> they certainly are. Yeah, is I mean, the point I'm making? Yes. I mean. Kangaroos are kind of a virus. <laughs> well, everybody seems to love them, but many living creatures are if you look at them in that manner. Yeah. 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 Mm. 
All right. Well, I mean, you've already given it five, so we, we kind of went back to discussing it, but that I guess that's... No, that's, I'll, I'll stick with the five, but it's a bare minimum five. I actually enjoyed your... Uh, you, you actually did improve the, the movie. I think I enjoyed it more watching it with your quips oh, good. than I would good. have otherwise. Well, I've may, seen it so many times. Maybe it was the excellent bottle of red that I uh, consumed uh, oh, thank with you, very you much at the same that. time. Yeah. Yeah. It helps having an $80 bottle of red yeah. while I, you watch it. That certainly made the movie look a bit brighter but after you leave i have to go back to the cheap stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right dad thanks for watching it with me okay my pleasure see you cheers change that to any color if you want a different color no, i think blue suits yeah seems nice the matrix blue or green oh you noticed that did you mm -hmm. very good